Good afternoon, Lafayette. It's Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or open up your KPL app chat. It's easy to do if you've got the KPL app. All you got to do is hit that little text message looking icon in the upper right corner. Tap that. Make sure it says Joe Cunningham Show at the top of the screen. If not, find my name. You'll be able to send a chat right to the show. Let me know your thoughts and comments on the topics of the day. Got plenty to talk about. We're going to focus on Washington, D.C. today. A lot of news about the speaker's race. Uh, We are just getting news, and I had this confirmed uh, by a staffer in Washington, D.C. a little while ago. Uh, there's no other, there, there are no more votes for speaker tonight. Jim Jordan lost uh, 20 votes. 20 Republicans voted against Jim Jordan today. So uh, there he could only afford to lose, I think, three, and he lost 20. So he's actually in a worse position than what many assumed he would be. He had made he had made some big headway. And then what's worse is that there's a, a handful, about a half dozen or so, I think, that said they would support him only in the first round. If he couldn't win it in the first round. He'd, he'd lose them. So Jim Jordan is now in a weaker position than he was in when he started. And and yesterday, things looked good. It, between the hours of about 8 and noon Eastern time, he flipped his three biggest holdouts. They publicly came, came out and endorsed him, and he still wasn't able to unify the, the, the caucus. Now, I need, to, I need to give some background here. There's a lot of House of Cards type drama in the background. And I, I need to kind of explain that a little bit because oftentimes what you're getting during the day is the, they didn't vote the way we wanted. They voted the way we wanted. They're the bad guys. These are the good guys, that sort of thing. You never, there's, there's some history behind a lot of this. And it goes back to last week when I wasn't here with you guys to talk about why Steve Scalise was in trouble. There was some thought that Steve Scalise might be able to make it through, especially after Jim Jordan said that he would go to the floor and endorse Steve Scalise. Scalise is a good guy. He's not the most conservative guy. Uh, you you heard Chip Roy's interview uh, with Sean Hannity. Uh, I think it was in the the toward the end of the three o'clock hour. Um, Scalise isn't the most conservative guy. Now there's some history that you need to understand as to why conservatives did not want Steve Scalise. There used to be an organization in the House called the Republican Study Committee, and that was where, that was the House Freedom Caucus before the House Freedom Caucus. That's where all the conservatives caucused together. That's where they came up with policy ideas. It was a policy-driven group of conservatives. A lot of good conservatives went into the Republican Study Committee, and and it was a good conservative organization. Jim Jordan was a member of it. Mike Pence was a member of it. Several good conservatives in Congress were able to do a lot of good things and, and help push the party to the right, and specifically push the establishment to the right, because they needed that block of Republican voters. What happened over time is that the leader, whoever was the leader of the Republican Study Committee, uh, it was kind of a, a handshake agreement amongst members that the outgoing leader would choose their next, uh, their next, their their successor, and the conference would vote. Uh, the the Republican Study Committee would vote for that person. Well, taking advantage of the situation, Kevin McCarthy was able to get Steve Scalise into the Republican Study Committee, 
And Scalise was able to win the leadership spot there. And the outgoing chairman of the RSC had chosen Jim Jordan. But Scalise got it instead. And Scalise, over time, moved the RSC toward the establishment, toward the the more moderate Republicans who were in leadership. And, And so the conservatives in the RSC, as it became more centrist, uh, they left there. Uh, the group, I think it changed its name at one point, but then ultimately dissolved. Then the House Freedom Caucus was formed with Jim Jordan being a prominent member there. So a lot of conservatives, even though Jordan said he would for the sake of the party, for the sake of House Republicans, he would stand behind Steve Scalise. A lot of folks remembered what Scalise had done in kind of disrupting and ultimately basically destroying the Republican Study Committee. So Scalise, he he needed to, he needed, he needed to win those people over, and he couldn't. A lot of conservatives were okay with Steve Scalise, but there were some older members of the of the caucus who just wanted revenge on Scalise for the destruction of the RSC. So Scalise wasn't able to win. He was denied. So then it became Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan's problem is that he is a member of the House Freedom Caucus. He is a good conservative. He would be a good House Speaker. The problem is that moderate Republicans, they they don't dislike Jordan, although a couple of them have some critiques of Jordan. Uh, Some of them have some worries. Some of them are worried about the the allegations, the Ohio State stuff. Uh, but a lot of folks, they're less, they're less concerned with Jordan, and they're more concerned with the fact that Jordan becoming speaker would be rewarding bad behavior. Not Jordan's bad behavior, but Matt Gates's bad behavior. There are a lot of folks, conservative and Republican, who are still upset at Matt Gates leading the vote to oust Kevin McCarthy. It's not that some of these folks, like Chip Roy said in that interview with Hannity, wasn't a fan of the the, uh, motion to vacate. He thought it was ill-timed. He didn't agree with it at that juncture. But Matt Gaetz did it. And it should be noted that this isn't just a Republican problem. The Democrats are saying, well, the Republicans are disorganized. They can't get their act together. Matt Gaetz only had eight people. Every Democrat joined with Matt Gates to oust Kevin McCarthy. This is a problem that's squarely on the Democratic Party's shoulders, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Jim Jordan is a solid conservative and a member of the House Freedom Caucus. If a member of the House Freedom Caucus, if somebody who is as respected a conservative as Jim Jordan becomes the speaker, it basically rewards Matt Gates for motioning to vacate the chair while Kevin McCarthy was still there. And they they did not want to do that. They did not want to give Matt Gates any reason to celebrate what is going on. And so there are several people who are voting against Jim Jordan because they are trying to deny Matt Gates victory. It is a petty thing, but it is a thing that they are doing. There are some like Ken Buck. Now, this is where I think is the most interesting. Ken Buck voted to oust McCarthy, but also has said he won't support Jim Jordan unless Jim Jordan makes one big concession. 
Ken Buck wants Jim Jordan to say that Donald Trump was in the wrong on January 6th and that the election in 2020 wasn't stolen. Now, there's a reason Ken Buck is saying that. Ken Buck and other Republicans want the House to be the people's house. They don't want the Speaker's chair to be for sale to Donald Trump or to anyone else. They want the loyalty of the Speaker to be to the House, to the institution of the House, not even to the moderates or anything like that, but the institution of the House of the Speaker itself. Jordan has been a vocal uh, defender of Donald Trump. Ken Buck wants to make sure that, that the next speaker isn't somebody who would sell their soul to Donald Trump. That is his rationale. That's the reason he opposed Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy did everything he could. Again, I told you he sold pieces of his soul one at a time until he got to become speaker. One of the things he did was he went straight to Mar-a-Lago and kissed the ring and told Donald Trump, absolutely, I'm your guy. Donald Trump endorsed uh, Kevin McCarthy. Donald Trump supported him. And McCarthy became Speaker of the House. Ken Buck is worried that Kevin McCarthy was far too focused on Donald Trump and not focused enough on the issues in the House. So Buck wants a person who is going to be the Speaker to come out and say that Donald Trump was in the wrong at the end of 2020 and beginning of 2021. I don't know that he's going to get that, and at some point he's just going to have to simmer down, be quiet, and vote on a speaker because the House can't go on without a speaker. Let's take a break. Let's talk a little bit more about that, where the House is right now, what's coming up next, and what Republicans need to focus on. We'll have that and more, of course, your comments, your calls, 232-1542, your messages on the KPEL app chat. Go download the app if you don't have it now. Sign up and you can send messages to the show. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPEL app chat like TK and Lafayette. Wishing us a happy show today. I'm always happy. It's just y'all that I annoy sometimes that, ne- that don't seem to be happy. But for the most part, I, I, I got to say, you guys are my favorite audience. Just going to throw that out there. Y'all are my favorite audience. Glad to be with y'all here at 5 o'clock on News Talk 96.5 KPL. So here's the problem that we're facing right now. The House cannot do anything. The Speaker pro tem has the ability to approve of some minor resolutions, things like that, but bills that are set to become laws cannot move through the House, cannot be assigned in the House without an actual Speaker. There was an attempt to give the Speaker pro tem more power, and the Democrats voted against that. So the House is stuck in stalemate right now. And Republicans cannot get themselves... Uh, to unite behind a single candidate. And it's largely it's largely because, how do I put this delicately? Conservatives in the House, a small handful of them, believe they have more power than they have. Conservatives have never been in the majority in the House. The Republicans will occasionally hold a majority, but conservatives have never held a majority. 
But there are more conservatives now than there have been. And some of the younger conservatives, those who haven't been in Washington, D.C. very long, or some who are there simply to be destructive forces or disruptive forces, maybe not destructive, but in the case of like Matt Gates, maybe destructive. They, they feel they have more power than they have. And so they're disrupting a lot more, and they're disrupting the regular order of the House. The problem is that as much as you and I might like when Congress isn't able to do anything because it keeps them out of our lives, there are some things going on that actually do need to happen. For example, the House needs to pass the 12 appropriation bills to fund the government at levels from 2019 and no further. Conservatives, a lot of conservatives, would love to get those bills passed, and it could be passed in the House fairly easily if the House had a speaker. The problem is that there is no speaker, so they can't advance that legislation. So what ends up happening? We get close to mid-November, and all of a sudden there's another continuing resolution. But if there's no speaker, you can't even get a continuing resolution. So what happens then? The government shuts down, hip, hip, hooray, except there's millions of Americans who won't get paid. That will actually hurt the economy a bit more. That will. That will hurt the economy. If a significant number of Americans cannot afford some basic necessities like groceries and they cannot afford to do some things because they're not getting paid because the government shut down, that will have a negative impact on the economy. So there are a lot of things going on that really need conservatives to unite behind a, can a candidate with Republicans and get a speaker in the House because you don't want the moderates to give up and side with the Democrats. I'm not convinced that moderates would because moderates are still livid at the Democrats for ousting Kevin McCarthy in the first place. They're not going to work with Democrats to put like Hakeem Jeffries or somebody else in. They're just not going to do that. The Democrats are saying, oh, you absolutely should, but the Democrats know better. The Democrats know they won't. So Republicans have to come to some sort of accord in order to get proper appropriations across, keep the government open without causing an economic disaster. And, oh, yeah, we do need to aid Israel. More on the Israel-Hamas stuff when we come back to here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPL app chat. Shout out to Mike who uh, checked in on the app a little while ago. Yes, it is funny. If uh, It's funny that Ken Buck would ask uh, Jim Jordan to basically you know, renounce Trump, uh, but that's what they want. They, they, they want that because, again, they don't want the speaker to be beholden to a person, but to the institution itself. Um, it's, it's very interesting what's going on behind the scenes right now. I, I've been talking with folks in Washington, D.C., and to folks that have a few more connections in D.C. than I do, and the consensus is really kind of the same. There's a deadlock, and there are other names that are starting to be floated around. One name you're, you're familiar with, you've heard him on my show, you've heard him on Moon Graffon's show, Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana. He actually, if I still lived in Natchitoches, he would be my congressman. Uh, but Mike Johnson's an incredible guy, very conservative guy, 
Uh, but as of right now, he is telling National Review and other outlets that he is committed to sticking with Jordan and trying to push uh, Jim Jordan through right now, which is what you know a lot of Republicans and even a lot of conservatives want. But there are some institutionalist holdouts against Jordan. So that's where we are on the speaker's race. But one of the reasons that the speaker's race is so important right now is the Israel situation and what's going on in Israel. A little while ago, a few hours ago, there was an explosion at a Baptist hospital in Gaza. Yes, there's a Baptist hospital in Gaza. But yes, an explosion that killed 500. And everybody came out and said, oh my God, Israel blew up this hospital, killed 500. This is a war crime. They are despicable. Joe Biden, you should be pushing for a ceasefire. Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the squad, everybody, that group that hates uh, Israel and the Jews anyway, they all came out and condemned it. And then the funniest thing happened. They all stopped with the outrage. They all stopped talking. They all stopped tweeting things out. And right around the time they did that is the time that video leaked that showed Hamas jihadists firing a rocket that exploded in the in midair and and part of the rocket fell on the hospital which is what caused it to come tumbling down it's strange how the people who were condemning Israel for blowing up a hospital aren't saying anything now that it appears that that the Palestinians, that uh, Hamas, are the ones that blew up the hospital, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Nobody's saying anything about that. It's very, very strange, isn't it? But we have this terrible situation going on in the Middle East, and it's it's one of the areas that America has really uh, fallen asleep on the job since Joe Biden took office. We really have. The Biden administration came in and and, and they, they had three key motivators in their foreign policy. The first key motivator of their foreign policy was anything Trump did was bad and we have to undo it. And so they did. The second thing, the second thing that they did was they, in their arrogance, believed they knew better than the foreign policy experts, and they said, you know what, we're going to work with Iran. We're going to work with uh, the groups that hate Israel. But, you know, we're going to ignore our allies that have actually been working with Israel. We're going to ignore the Saudis. We're going to ignore some of these others, and we're going to focus on Iran and and some of these groups. We're going to be friends with them. We can change. We can fix them. And then the third thing, that they did. And this really wasn't a foreign policy move, but it had a huge impact on foreign policy. Joe Biden allowed a lot of the energy production orders that were uh, created under Donald Trump to expire. Didn't renew them, didn't allow for new leases. As a result, U.S. production and U.S. exports went down. Yes, the U.S. is still producing and producing quite a bit, but U.S. exports are going down. That's allowing Iran 
to sell its oil to China and other places. And Iran has made about $80 billion in oil sales since Joe Biden took office and America stopped exporting and selling to other countries. See, we're producing, but we're not able to put on the market right now because of the Biden administration. So American oil isn't going on the market. So that means these oil-producing countries that, by the way, don't have much of a uh, don't don't have much love for the United States. Their oil gets onto the market, and so Iran is able to make eighty billion dollars on the oil market globally, and they can use that to fund Hezbollah and Hamas. Hamas, sorry. And that's what they've been doing. And then the Biden administration very recently gives them $6 billion extra dollars. Now, the Biden administration says they haven't touched that money. That money is supposed to go to humanitarian purposes. Here's the thing. Even if that particular money is not fungible, as the Biden administration keeps saying, Iran realizes that that $6 billion they don't have to spend elsewhere. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep arming Hezbollah and Hamas which is the plan, which is what they want to do. Hezbollah, Hamas, and Iran, all of them want Israel to be wiped off the map. Bashar al-Assad in Syria very recently put out a statement regarding that little hospital bombing that turns out wasn't Israel at all, but said the Syrian Arab Republic considers what the Zionist criminal forces carried out in their aggression against al-Mamdani Hospital in the Gaza Strip constitutes one of the most heinous and bloodiest massacres against humanity in the modern era. Syria is all on board with wiping Israel off the map, too, and they released that statement that the blowing up the hospital, which, by the way, it turns out the Palestinians are not, uh, the turns out, yeah, the, the Palestinians in, in Gaza, Hamas, did, Syria calls that the most heinous massacre against humanity in the modern era. By the way, uh, in the past two weeks, Bashar al-Assad has bombed five medical centers in northern Syria. Just so you know. We're dealing with a people that are not acting within rhyme or reason. They just want to see Israel wiped off the map. And they have friends in the entertainment circles, in the media circles in the United States. And they're the ones who are pushing out information. You've got the squad, Elhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, some of these others, and they are pushing this pro-Hamas rhetoric. And then tangential to all that is a story actually out of Hollywood. There is a voice actress named Tara Strong. You may not know the name, but if you are my age or younger, you're a millennial or you're younger, or you have kids who are millennials or younger, your kids know Tara Strong. They know the work of Tara Strong. Tara Strong has been a voice actor in cartoons for decades. My personal favorite, she was a very recognizable voice in the Batman animated series in the 90s. Loved that show. I'm a huge Batman nerd, and Tara Strong was just absolutely phenomenal as both Batgirl and later Harley Quinzel, Harley Quinn. Tara Strong was fired from an independent cartoon that she actually helped fund. That cartoon fired her because she released a tweet condemning Hamas for their brutal actions. And she had replied to tweets and she had liked tweets that were calling on the destruction of Hamas. And so with a bunch of outrage online, this 
independent cartoon that was funded through crowdsourcing and, and crowdfunding. Uh, this cartoon fired her from the lead role and is recasting the role. And she rightly points out that she is a Jewish woman who spoke out against Hamas and the raping and killing of women, the beheading of babies and children, and she's been fired from her job for that. Now, this independent cartoon needed Tara Strong a lot more than Tara Strong needed that cartoon. I mean, we're talking about a person who has been an iconic voice in so many cartoons over the last several decades. But she has been removed from that cartoon because she believes that Hamas is evil, which they are. But the moral relativists in the media, the moral relativists in, um, in Hollywood, they're twisting themselves into knots to not give Israel any credit for being the victims in all this. And Israel is the victim in all of this. 1,300 Israeli Jews were wiped out by an attack by Hamas. They raped, tortured, kidnapped, executed, beheaded women and children. Paraded their bodies in the streets at some points. And she spoke out against it, and she got fired. There are a lot of people who are speaking out against it who are getting attacked for speaking out on it. Because there are a lot of people out there who see Israel as the villain no matter what. Let's take this final break. 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. We'll be back shortly here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back. To the program, uh, 232-1542, got a couple minutes left. If you want to be part of the Joe Cunningham Show, be part of the conversation going on right now. I want to recap the last segment, just in case you are joining us here at the last minute. Earlier today, a rocket of some sort hit a hospital in Gaza, killing 500. The... Uh, Hamas Hamas said that it was Israel that did it and every mainstream media outlet ran with that headline Israel blasts hospital killing 500 well the video has come out the, the, the Israel Defense Force assessment has come out it looks very clearly like a Palestinian rocket exploded midair fell hit the hospital that's what took down the hospital. That's what killed 500 or so Palestinian Arabs. Every mainstream media outlet ran with the Israel committed a war crime story without hesitation, believed Hamas without hesitation, only for that to actually not be the case. Meanwhile, several reporters in those mainstream media outlets are still waiting on confirmation that Hamas actually beheaded children. Never mind the pictures and the videos that are out there that Joe Biden himself has said he's seen that multiple news outlets have confirmed are there. No, no, no. There are still reporters in the mainstream media outlets who say that's just that that's just propaganda from the Israelis. That didn't really happen. You, those the the photos are doctored and everything like that. That's the kind of world we're living in right now, where 
take what the noted terror organization Hamas is saying at face value. But if Israel says Hamas did something wrong, we're going to need confirmation. That doesn't sound right. They're just good guys. That's a huge problem. That's a problem that's got to be dealt with. That is a major institutional problem in the media. Keep in mind, a lot of the information coming from Gaza is coming from journalists who have to be pre-approved by Hamas in order to be in Gaza and reporting on things. The AP, the Associated Press, shared office space with the governing Hamas authority in Gaza and didn't disclose that while reporting on Gaza and and Hamas. You think those journalists are, are, are really giving you unbiased information? No, they are pre-approved by Hamas. They're only going to tell you what Hamas wants them to tell you because they'll be killed or their family will be killed if they don't. That's what the Israeli Jews are up against. That's what Israel's up against. And that's what a lot of us end up being up against is that propaganda machine from the U.S. media working on behalf of Hamas. It is just disgusting. All right, that's it for me. I'm going to take a 23-hour break, but I will be back 5 o'clock tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and email Joe at RedState.com. You can also catch the podcast version of the show. That's going up shortly over at JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com or wherever you get podcasts for uh, example, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them. Just if you get them from there, be sure to leave a rating and a review because that helps the show grow. Talk to you guys again soon. This is Joe Cunningham signing out here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Have a good one.